everyone, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. It's just me, Boydston. Uh, you can pretend you hear Sarah and Lindsay singing all by myself, because that's what they would do. So we decided to take you on another trip down memory lane with a re-edited episode about the first time we went to the Sally House. This blast from the past is very special to us because the night we investigated Sally House was the first night Sarah and Lindsay met. Uh, You're welcome. And it's the very first location we went to together. This night was the start of it all. So please enjoy the episode and excuse our baby podcaster voices. We went to the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. And this is our first place that we went to together, guys. Right. So lead us in, Boydston. She did all the research, bless you, yep. on on uh, Sally House. And this was a doozy. Like I mentioned, like Sally House is a beast. It is infamous, and I I'm, feel like, in yeah. the world of the paranormal. And I'm actually excited to hear the history because we missed the history. Oh, at this place because the bridge was closed. Yeah, so let's give that little <laughs> intro. Uh, we we actually are are lucky enough to live fairly close to Atchison. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, follow me. I know the way. We're gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> drive you there. And I did. I drove them all the way there. Turns out the bridge uh, that takes you over the river into Atchison was completely closed at the time. So. We got to turn around, kind of backtrack a good 40 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Then plus we had to take a little uh, pit stop at Walmart briefly. I had to call the lady that at the Sally house and plead our case. Like, I'm so sorry. The bridge is closed. She's like, yeah, of course the bridge is closed. But uh-uh. I'll see you when you get there. And I'm like, like how we're am I supposed from, to know that? We're not from Atchison. <laughs> we don't know. We were traveling. So sorry. It was not national news. <laughs> also, if you put it on your website, that helps a little. Mm-hmm. Or you send out a little email, like an info. Hey, guys, the one of two ways to get into Atchison is closed. So anyhow, so we, we we've... We, meaning me, I, I fucked it up. So sorry. I made us late. But so we it missed was the salvaged. whole history of the Sally house and just went luckily, straight into the ghost hunting. <laughs> luckily, I feel like we all know pretty well yeah. a good amount of history on Sally house. And that was, or so you think. Oh, true. True. Ooh. I think it's going to blow some minds. I'm ready. Forget I'm everything here. you already knew. Okay. okay. Mind erased. All right. The house that stands at 508 North 2nd Street in Atchison, Kansas, was built between 1867 and 1871. And it's become known as the Sally House because of the documented haunting that occurred while Deborah and Tony Pickman lived there in the 1990s. So that's what we all know. Right. Right. According to visitatchison.com, it was originally built at the turn of the century. The house became a residence of an Atchison physician. The front served as an office space and examination rooms while the doctor and the family lived upstairs. Uh, One day, a frantic mom arrived carrying her six-year-old daughter, Sally. Sally collapsed uh, from his severe abdominal pain. The doctor diagnosed her with appendicitis, knew there was no time to delay surgery. So believing the appendix would soon burst, the doctor began cutting Sally before the anesthesia took full effect. I know. Sally's scream suddenly stopped and she grew pale and limp and she died on the operating table. It's like I know this, but still hearing it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Reports of Sally's haunting grew even more ominous in 1993 when the house was reported was rented to a young couple. Their dog seemed to growl at nothing, especially near the near the 
near the nursery. <laughs> Things began to take a violent turn. Fires broke out. Sinister attacks on the husband began. The operating area would become cold. Objects would visibly move when the young man, so Tony, came near. He would feel scratches on his chest and abdomen, but the ghost would never attack his wife or baby. So that's according to visitatchison.com. Okay. Tony and Deborah Pickman run a site called thesallyhouse.com, and this site sets the record straight. Okay. So this is the true history of the Sally House. So built in 1866 by Michael C. Finney. I'm sorry, he acquired the property in 1866 and he built the house in 1867. The family first lived in the basement while the rest of the house was being completed. So started from the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, By 1871, the family was more than likely living in the house. In September of 72, MC died in the house at 10 p.m. He left a wife named Kate, two sons, Richard and Charles, and a daughter named Agnes and a son on the way. May of 73, Richard Edwin was born, and that's the son of MC and Kate. And then in September of the same of the following year, Edwin died oh, in the house. Wow. In July of 74, Kate's father died in the house. This is becoming very sad that everyone's dying in this house. Everyone's dying. In 1918, so we get a few years away from the death, Agnes, who still lives in the house, her husband and her are in Wyoming vacationing when her husband, True, William True, suffers a stroke and she brings him back to Atchison from Wyoming where she thinks she's gonna get him better care and medical attention. But on May 4th in 1918, at 7 a.m., he dies in her childhood home. Hmm. In 1920, she starts taking on boarders to help uh, with the living expenses. And then finally, in 1939, Agnes, the youngest daughter of MC and Kate, dies at midnight in the house. And she had actually been ill for a a few years. It's like nobody went to a hospital. They all just died in the house. (laughs) Jeez. Right. 1947, Charles, so one of MC and Kate's sons, and his wife Mildred lived there. So remember the name The Sally House came to be from a story in which a young six-year-old girl named Sally suffered from acute appendicitis was brought to the house. The local town doctor, Charles Finney, so could be this guy, resided and he practiced. It said that the doctors, in this haste, he failed to fully anesthetize the young girl and she woke up during surgery in terrible pain and in horror and she died from shock and blood loss. But there's absolutely no evidence of this. Oh. Charles is documented to have been a doctor, the mayor of Atchison, and maybe a thief. So on October 20th of 1887, Charles and a man named W.S. Anderson got into a fight over $3. Anderson. (laughs) I know. I mean, it probably was worth a little bit more back then, but still. All right. Let's go with 50. Yeah, still. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 50 sounds right. Anderson accused Charles of stealing the money from his sister-in-law. Charles hit Anderson over the head with a heavy cane several times. Like you do. Oh, damn. And then Anderson's wow. father pulled out a revolver. Oh. Um, but right. was, quote, prevented from using it. Okay. So okay. that's probably for the best. Yeah. Neither side pressed charges because they had something on the other. So they just decided to let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. 
Uh, fun fact, when Charles was a young man, he was an expert swimmer and an expert skater, including figure skating. He held the skating championship of a wide area, and he frequently dressed as a girl skater and appeared on the ice as Miss Colby of Baltimore, hmm. skating so gracefully that few spectators knew of his identity. Interesting. He also held the title as roller skating champion of Atchison. What a title to be held. Yep. Let's move on to 1948. Dick Mize and his family moved into the Sally house and they lived in the house for just a short time. One of their children was actually named Sarah Sally Margaret Mize. That's actually a nickname for Sarah. Did you know that? That Sally is a nickname Sally for Sarah? Sally is a nickname for Sarah. I didn't until just doing this oh, um, yeah. research. Shouldn't by definition a nickname be shorter than the it, actual name? It should be, but it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is a nickname for Sarah. As of this research, though, Sarah's still alive. So that's not the right Sally either. Hmm. How about that? In 1950, it was vacant. In 1957, a man named Roscoe Cook and his wife Henrietta lived there. In 1958, Ethel Anderson. So remember Miss W.S. Anderson? Yes. He had yes. a wife named <laughs> Ethel. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to follow you here. Can you draw me a family tree? Or genogram? <laughs> oh my. Mr. Anderson uh-huh. okay. and Ethel Anderson were husband and wife. Okay. I'm following. Until Uh-oh. they got a divorce. Oh. So Ethel filed for a divorce in 1945, citing gross neglect of duty. Which, Whoa. tell me what that means. I know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he was actually a doctor of athletics at Student Health at KU. Oh, okay. And she was a dean of nursing. Oh, or a direct, maybe a director of nursing. So she had a career and everything apart from him. She did. That's awesome. So she lived at the Sally House. So she kept the house, and he left. Mm-hmm. She ended up moving in after Charles and uh, his wife moved out. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and she moved in in 1958. At one point, her, their daughter Liz lived with Ethel. And it was during this point that a mysterious fire broke out in what is now known as the nursery, but the nature and cause of the fire is never discovered. Hmm. In 1990 to 1992, there was a Bobby and Colleen Humbard that moved into the Sally house, and their daughter Heather played with an imaginary friend. That's never a good sign when a kid <laughs> is playing with an imaginary friend. So their daughter Heather is playing with an imaginary friend. Named no. Sally. No, never a good sign. Oh, Watch boy. any horror movie. As soon as your kid says, hey, mom, I have an imaginary friend, be like, burn the place down. It's over. Time to rave. Right. She later identified a drawing that Tony Pickman made as being her friend Sally. Mm. Mm. Colleen often found her daughter's toys strewn all over the bedroom floor. When she came and addressed her daughter about picking up the toys and putting them away, each time she played with them, her daughter replied that she didn't play with them, that it was Sally. It sounds like my kids now. They blame Aww. each other. Oh, I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. <laughs> they don't have an imaginary friend, no, but I'm like, hey, pick this up. They're like, the other one did it. And I'm like, wow. dude. At least they're real people. <laughs> they are real people. <laughs> Colleen assumed that her daughter was talking about an imaginary friend and in turn thought that her daughter would eventually grow out of it. Sure. She and her daughter moved from the house a few months before the Pickmans moved in, and her daughter hasn't spoken of Sally since the family moved out of the house. Oh, so Sally lived in the house, but not with her. In 1992, Les Smith Jr. and his brother, they both live in Atchison. Uh-huh. They purchased the house, and he's the landlord of the people that rented afterwards. 
1992, here's where Deborah and Doni, Tony, <laughs> Deb and Doni. I don't even know what you were saying at that point. I was like, what kind of a name is Doni? <laughs> Doni's his nickname. <laughs> it's their ship name. Their ship, oh, their ship name. Doni. Doni. <laughs> That's when they rent and live at the Sally House as renters. Mm-hmm. Doni were a young couple. <laughs> I can't take that seriously. <laughs> they had been recently married and expecting their first child in June. Okay. The first strange thing they experienced is that their normally quiet and friendly dog barked fiercely at the threshold of the nursery. Ooh. And it subsided about a week to ten days after it started. And the cats seemingly followed with their eyes something that flew over their heads often. Nope. Animals and paranormal stuff like... Hard pass. Ugh, Terrifying. It freaks me out. Freaks me out. They installed a ceiling fan in the living room with... It had lights on it as well. Mm-hmm. And they would be sitting on the couch watching TV and the lights would just dim. They would open the windows and turn on the fan, and while the lights were dimming, nobody would be by the switch, and also it's not a dimmer switch. They had the light and the electric checked out by an electrician to rule out bad wiring, but there weren't any problems found. Smart. So smart. The light continued to dim. No other lights, nor the TV or the stereo changed at all. Nothing on the same circuit fluctuated. Nothing else was affected by whatever was causing the light or... on the fan to dim to dim hmm. tony commented it's probably a ghost <laughs> so while vacuuming the wind-up musical above the crib began to turn on and play music on its own electrical musical toys would often take on a life of their own nope. and it emit sounds hums and even distant sounding voices hard pass there nope nope f right off when their son was born, it's a constant battle to get to sleep. He would wake up at least hourly, and it would sound like somebody was waking him up to play with him. Uh, what the mm-hmm. hell does that mean? Play, like somebody, hey, baby, would, you want to play? <laughs> well, somebody wants to play with it, him. It just, he would wake up as if he was disturbed from his sleep. Time to play. This yeah, that's awful. Away. At other times, electrical items would turn on by themselves, or if they were on, they would just turn off suddenly. The neighbor said that the nursery light was on at all hours of the night, even though they knew that they turned the lights off. Oh, wow. Um, there was an occurrence where stuffed animals were found in a circle in the middle of the floor in the nursery. Oh, hard what? pass. Hard, hard pass. <laughs> the hardest Ugh. passes to that. Like, kids' toys, ugh. Anything kid-related, ugh. No. When taking a set of pictures, some came out normal, but several came out with blurs, especially in areas near the baby. Ooh. A psychic was called in and claimed to speak with a young girl named Sally, instructed the Pikmins on how to interact with her and her favorite corner in the nursery. Soon found candles lit, strangely melted candles, candles with burnt finger marks on them. (gasps) Pictures were turned upside down. There's lots of activity via photographs. Debbie would get Sally a doll and wrap it up. And then later she would see the wrapping paper still intact with the box, but the doll was outside of the box. Oh, what? That is, nope. And then Tony saw a little girl in the kitchen as he was getting a drink of water. 
He dropped the glass and looked down as it shattered. And then when he looked back up, the girl was gone. Oh, wow. And that's when he drew a picture of the girl that we all now know was Sally, the little girl with the brown curly hair. So at a Christmas party, a guest noticed smoke and flames coming from a mop head doll in the nursery. Wait, so they're having all this activity in their house and they decide to throw a party in their house Mm -hmm. for Christmas? I mean, Santa's got to come. I mean. So they extinguished (laughs) it in the sink. And they think it was because. So at the Christmas party, Santa came and gave all the little kids gifts. Uh Uh-huh. Sally didn't get a gift. Oh. And after Sally didn't get a gift, that's when the fire started. Sally was just pissed. She was pissed. She was like, listen here, guys, I've made it very clear that I'm here. Yes. The haunting would scratch his body, cause nightmares, and later a demonic possession. Oh, So, in an attempt to get help from the haunting, the Pickmans invited numerous psychics to the house, and the TV show's sightings... I don't think I've heard of that one. I have heard of that one. Oh, okay. But I thought it was all about aliens. I was wrong. You were. Okay. (laughs) It happens. It's okay. Sightings. In one Uh episode, psychic Peter James concludes that a ghost named Sally was responsible for the haunting. James believes that Sally died from acute appendicitis at the hands of Dr. Charles Finney. Hmm. The Pickmans. Yeah. It came from this psychic Peter James. Okay. But did he know about this possible? No. Okay. This is where the story originated. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The Pickmans, after living at the house for two years, eventually moved out from the house and they just needed to remove themselves from the haunting. Sure. I understand. After that, the Fish family rented and lived in the house, finally moved into the house in 1995. The family consisted of a mother and six children. The family didn't come out. (laughs) I'm saying that because it's like a two-bedroom house, guys. Like, it's a tiny house. It's a three-bedroom house. It's actually kind of big. (laughs) Okay. Ugh. Okay, I said that because it is a little house. It felt little to me, maybe because there's so many people there. So I'm thinking of. I mean, think about those bedrooms. So, like, besides the nursery, those two other bedrooms were kind of big. Okay, okay, fine. Sorry for my disgusted noise. I just thought of it as a small house, and I was like, seven people in that small house. That's a lot of people. The family didn't come out and report any activity, and when approached by a show, the crew was invited to the house, but not allowed past the front room. Hmm. One family member did speak after they moved out and suggested that there was activity. Several neighbors at the time of the residency that the fish li- the fish family lived there reported that several very young children of the family were often playing in the front yard unsupervised. The grass in the front yard suffered greatly and eventually became dirt, because apparently that's a crime. There seemed to be several male visitors coming and going. The family was very loud. The children often looked unkempt. And the saddest thing is there were at least two puppies killed in the street by local traffic because they were unsupervised and left to roam. So the owner, Les Smith, (laughs) reported that when the family was asked to leave, some major components of the house, like the downstairs carpet, the majority of the rungs on the stair railing, an electric line, the sink on the first floor bathroom, all had to be replaced. He wouldn't go into detail, but he did say what he found in the basement shocked and angered him. Hmm, that's intriguing. Right. Uh-huh. He gathered all the belongings the family left behind and threw out what looked like a cauldron and Whoa. maybe some other witchcraft-looking items. Interesting. However, this story sounds 
kind of familiar to that of the next family. So in 1999 to 2001, the Liggett family lived in the Sally house as renters. So it's reported by her daughter that there was some strange and frightening non-physical activity. The family lived in the house for a few years before 2004, and they were the last family to occupy the house. It's known that Miss Liggett lived in the house and her daughter and her husband and their children lived in the house with her. So Miss Liggett was reportedly a nurse working at the Medical Lodge of Atchison at the time. When contacted by the Travel Channel about haunted locations, she agreed to let the staff film in the house and she was going to let them interview her. The Pickmans had been invited to join the team and be interviewed in the house as well. But at some point just before the interview, Miss Liggett refused to let anybody in the house if Deborah was going to be present. So both Tony and Deborah conceded and they were just interviewed in their own home. And when the film film crew and the psychic arrived, they were just allowed in the front room. And the couch was put in an area where it was blocking off the dining room and the area behind it with just an opening for a, like one person to stand and Miss Liggett stand there, stand, stood there so that nobody could come by. The film crew and the psychic reported that Miss Liggett repeatedly denied any paranormal activity. The psychic asked, asked about witchcraft in the basement of the home and she denied that as well. She, the psychic asked about the pentagram in the basement and asked if she could go see it, and she denied this and quickly jumped in front of the psychic who was aiming to pass her and gain access to the rest of the house. The film crew just left with very little film or information for their effort. Hmm. During a surprise visit by Les Smith, the homeowner, for maintenance, he discovered a large pentagram on the floor of the basement, an altar, a large black kettle a black robe, and other disturbing items, and Miss Liggett was asked to leave. What? So everything was put out with trash, and uh, it was collected the next day. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Weird. Les yeah. Smith also noted that the carpet smelled like urine, and he was forced to rip up all the carpet in the house. In 2005, at a funeral, Miss Liggett refused to speak with Deborah in regards to her present during the Travel Channel's visit. Years later, the daughter recounted a night when she was sleeping on the floor in the living room. She said she woke up in the middle of the night feeling uncomfortable and turned over to see what she described as a grotesque and gaunt, dead-looking individual, not only lying next to her, but staring at her. Whoa. Mm. So, with the two similar stories, it's unclear which, if not both, are true. Yeah. But it brings to light the idea of witchcraft and potentially a source for the reported demonic activity. Hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a hard no on all of this. (laughs) Yeah. 2004 to current. For the most part, the house remained vacant and paranormal investigators have been allowed to do research. So there's also a report in the city, a Sally Isabel Hall in the early 1900s. Although Sally, the one that was identified by sightings and others, is usually white, this Sally Elizabeth Isabel Hall is not. She was a black woman who had been married for 16 years and during that time gave birth to 14 children. Whoa, girl. Only, so not like a little girl who needed appendicitis. No. Wow. Yeah. Only two of her children outlived her mother, their mother, and a third child, Claudine, lived only two months past her mother's death. Fourteen kids. Fourteen. 
Claudine. Yeah, Claudine even shares her mother's grave, and the grave remains unmarked. Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. So according to luminol tests that have been conducted in the house, there's evidence of blood spatter in the master bedroom closet. Oh. Okay, that's creepy. (laughs) The luminol even found demonic uh, sigils. sigils? What? Signs. Don't look at me. Markings. (laughs) Markings on the walls. Okay, there there we go. In 2012, a bloody sweater was discovered in the attic. Oh. What? Hard to believe that that would have been left there for that many years as many years as this has been going on yeah so i mean that's that's everything with the history that i could compile it's did they ever find out whose blood was on the sweater like 2012 that's recent enough to do dna analysis they were like this looks terrible we're gonna throw it away i have no idea Oh, man. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that have come through this house. There's a lot of people that have died in this house. There's some Sally's. But nothing that can be confirmed. Nope. Let's start getting into our own experiences. Yeah. All right. We came in, we signed the waivers, then we were separated. Then she immediately said, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here. (sighs) I don't like it. I think for the sake of keeping things less confusing, instead of talking about like our own experiences in the groups mm-hmm. maybe we should just talk about them room by room and then give our experiences what we had so i Perfect. think i think what we we should start with maybe is what i wrote down as top floor <laughs> also known as upstairs upstairs yeah that is what it is known as i like to come up with just different words you know top i like floor. to keep it <laughs> I mean, if you're going level by level i get it i get it the top level. it's so high it's the top floor Okay, so picture this, the footprint. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) The blueprint (laughs) of the house, and I'm going to explain it poorly. As you walk in the door, uh, there is a staircase right in front of you that goes to the top floor or the upstairs. (laughs) Um, And then off to the right is the living room. A little bit further back is, I think, just an extended portion of the living room. To the right of the top stairs? No, no, no. Okay. On the main level. On the main level. I get Yeah. Are you with me? Yes. I just wanted to see. What, okay. I'm picturing it as you walk in. You see the stairs going up and then just off to the right is the living room. Oh, we haven't gone up the stairs. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gone up the stairs yet. You're at the base of the stairs. So you see the living room to the right and the dining room's kind of part of that and then there's the kitchen right behind it. Hidden. Yeah. You can't yes. see it from the front door. It's kind of tucked back mm-hmm. behind there. Okay. And then the basement leads down from the kitchen. Correct. So just so everybody's on the same page of, of where we're going. Okay, so we're going up to the top floor. Okay, when you walk up the stairs, there are three rooms in the upstairs. The first one that you run into on the left, which I have labeled kids room, and that is driving boys to nuts. So we're going to call it nursery. Which yes. is technically a kid's room. <laughs> They're both right. But I think in all of the descriptions, it's called the nursery. So that is probably what I should refer to it as. Um, so let's start there. I That's where my group was. When I came in, they were all sitting in a circle. I got to join awkwardly, stepping over people <laughs> in the dark. By the way, this room is tiny, tiny, tiny. And there are just toys everywhere. And people sitting in this tiny ass circle. And I'm like, excuse me, pardon me. Coming through, I'm late. <laughs> And I'm just sitting Sorry. crisscross applesauce trying to join in a weird. They were doing the sweep. Um, spirit box. I wrote it down. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So the spirit box session at the time when I came in. And were so, you guys getting anything on the spirit box when you were there? We might have gotten a few things here and there. Did you guys have any experiences in the nursery? So my experience with the nursery is 
there was two of us that broke off from the group in the main floor and we went up to the nursery and we sat there and she had uh, this other girl had dowsing rods your favorite we were in the nursery yep oh she was using them and she was having she was having a little bit of success she asked if um the spirit would like any candy and it it gave a response on the dowsing rods and so she left it a piece of candy i also got some pictures in the nursery with some weird anomalies that we can post on the Facebook group. We 100% should. Yeah. Those are some good pictures. They're like creepy pictures Honestly, too. Honestly, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that they looked like that until tonight when we were looking through. And I did not go to the nursery the entire time I was there. Mm-hmm. I went to, the only time I went upstairs was when we all were as a group up there. The other room up there, which <laughs> I don't know what to call it other than the back room. The, there was a corner room, like when you walked the through the top of the bedroom. Sure. Perfect. The She's much room. better with words than I am. Again, there wasn't really a whole lot going on, at least for my group in there. We went in there, stuck around for a little bit, but then we moved pretty quickly. Um, not much activity in that room. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Let's talk about the... Uh, to the master? Master bedroom yeah. with the wicker, wicker, wicker It's got furniture. a chair for Sarah to sit in. <laughs> it does. What's the story with that chair? Did somebody say it was haunted? They, We were all just like sitting around. So the entire group, like we were all one big group was sitting upstairs. And we were in the master bedroom because that's there just wasn't enough space for everybody. And she said something about the chair in there, which was like a wicker rocking chair. It was all wicker furniture. And said something about how they don't like it when you sit in that chair. So what does Sarah do? I sit in the chair. She goes and sits in that chair right away. Yeah, not me. I was following all the rules. (laughs) (laughs) She goes and sits right in that chair and is just sitting there. And you didn't feel anything. No. Uh, the, The closet was supposedly haunted as well. I mean, the whole house is haunted, but there was the closet specifically. I remember them talking about having a lot of activity. And I think you spoke to how there was some luminol blood spatter in there. Blood spatter yes. in this closet. And it was a pretty big closet. It was. Uh, for that size of a house yeah. anyways. Right. It really, the whole upstairs, other than the nursery, there was like a little bit of weird vibe in there. Uh, other than that, though, I I don't, I could think we can all safely say that none of us really got any anything else. Right. Upstairs. And so we all wanted to go down to the basement together. And finally, the tour guide was like, if anybody wants to go to the basement, they can. Three of us went down to the basement alone. And it was actually really good because everybody else stayed upstairs. So, like, all sound interference, like, that was all cut down. So everything we experienced down there, I feel like, was legit. Right. So before we get to the basement, did anybody feel anything in the kitchen, dining, or living room? I did not. I actually vaguely remember feeling something in the dining room with some dowsing rods. We were doing dowsing rods for quite some time, but I don't remember specifically what it was about, but I just remember getting responses on the dowsing rods. So let's talk about the basement because this was the coolest place. Okay, yeah. This has all been building up to this point. And honestly, we went back tonight and reviewed a lot of the audio footage that we got tonight and i gotta say that i was like truly surprised when i heard it uh for a couple of reasons number one i hadn't heard any of the responses this was months ago so i hadn't really thought about it since then but um i i don't i don't remember all of the responses that we got but also i don't fully remember acting so panicked i thought i felt cool calm and collected 
And then I heard myself tonight and I was like, I sound like a panicked weirdo and mm-hmm. I am so sorry. I don't know why, but like listening to myself talk, I, <laughs> I don't recognize myself in these clips. I don't at all. Yeah. Kind of kind of weirded me out. And you were pretty anxious during it. I remember because I was sitting between you. I was sitting in the middle. Yeah. And you kept grabbing my hand and you were just so anxious throughout all of it. And kept squeezing my hand and kept like – and I I feel like I feed off of other people's energies and so other people's feelings. And so like when you were getting anxious, I was getting anxious. Yeah. Even though I'm not sensing anything that you're sensing. Yeah. But I was just like, okay, okay, she's getting worried. Maybe I should get worried. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is weird. So let me – so a little bit of perspective. Like when we went to Beatty Mansion, I could feel some things here and there. I'd be like, this is kind of weird. This is kind of weird. But never once did I feel anxious to the point of Sally House basement. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like we didn't really capture much there. And then listening tonight, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't recognize how I sounded. Yeah. I felt like it totally – different person in that basement so although it's horribly cringy to hear yourself (laughs) panic and talk like that um that was actually pretty pretty legit so a little background about the basement um when you come down the stairs it's all unfinished it's all like cement walls cement floors all of that um it's pretty tiny there's not a lot of room in there but there's this big crawl space and there was like two or three like just metal folding chairs that they had set up down there for the tour and there's a pentagram that's on the floor as well so you have this big pentagram that's on the floor of the cement and then you have this huge crawl space as well it's a very creepy place haunted or not right it's it's so hard to explain if you you haven't been there i don't know the pentagram kind of speaking back to the history Mm -hmm. a little bit um, supposedly the basement had been used in some satanic rituals. Right. Whether or not that's confirmed, I don't know, but I feel right. like a pentagram that is on the floor is pretty good evidence that it was probably used for something. Yeah, you can see the distinct outline of what used yeah. to be a pentagram, and they have attempted to spray it over with black Correct. spray paint, Um, and it's just worn down. You can see it. It's yeah. still there. Yeah. I don't know how it's, it's very still there. Unsettling. And it's big. It's not like just a little dry. It's Definitely. not. It's huge. It's a couple feet wide. Um, and the crawl space that she's referring to, like, goes halfway down. So it comes from, you know, a foot down from the ceiling to about halfway down uh, on the wall. So right. it's it's pr- pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> and goes pretty far back underneath the, the kitchen. And you were sitting um, right next to the pentagram. You were the closest yes. one to it. And I think, you know, we have some pictures as well that we'll upload of the pentagram. Mm-hmm. But we went down there and we didn't have any equipment, really, except yeah. for our phones. Yeah. And you had your camera, Boyd said. Yes. Um, I think it's pitch black dark down there. We had our, you know, cell phones as yeah. flashlights, but that was it. I immediately started sensing kind of something some weird going on. That I mean, that's the best description that you can say. You're sitting in the dark and we've done this multiple times. I've sat in the dark. You're sitting there talking to things that are maybe there maybe not but really it doesn't have it does that doesn't create enough environment on its own just sitting in the dark talking um to to have experiences if you will i don't right. know how else to explain it but this was different i felt immediately different and i felt like honestly i felt like i was sitting in a chair surrounded by people staring at me like just in a crowd of people and i kept trying to express it and i'm not the best expressing with my words so I kept saying it's overwhelming I'm feeling really overwhelmed but that's exactly what it felt like I felt like I was sitting there 
Um, and you can't do anything, but I felt like a, a crowd of people were staring at me. That, yeah, that's right. the best way you to explain it. You just kept saying there are so many of them. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. I've never felt like that before. Mm-hmm. But there was also a crawl space under the stairs. And I specifically remember looking over there and feeling like there was something under the crawl space area. You said something was peeking at you. Right. That doesn't feel good. And uh, we all were kind of talking back and forth. Boyston had a few. So, yeah, I, while Sarah started experiencing that, I noticed that she was getting overwhelmed. And so I said, if anybody wants to come and stand by me and touch my hand, they're welcome to. And eventually I felt a coldness and cobwebby feeling on my right hand and arm. We also picked up on the just, I just did a voice memo on my iPhone and we picked up a few things, but uh, we just briefly went through it tonight and there was multiple Three, four. Yeah, there was one time when I said, "Can you make a sound so we can you hear it with our make ears?" A sound, yeah. <laughs> Versus other body parts. Versus we other body hear. parts. And then right after that, you hear a distinct sound. Sarah's talking, and then she—it's while she's overwhelmed and feeling anxious, and you can hear this moan or grumbling sound. And there are times where there is a sound and at least the two of us, if not all three of us, react to it. And that's in the moment. It's not just on that voice recording. It's right. we're reacting in the moment. We all hear it at the same time. I do remember I while I was going through this footage when you guys weren't here, um, there when we came, we left, we eventually left the basement and then came back down for a second shorter session. And there was a moment whenever we were all talking about lights we were seeing close to the ceiling. Some, Ugh. And we all thought that I don't know if it was on the ceiling or by something. Anyway, we all kept seeing a light and we were like, you know, who's got the flashlight? And Sarah, Sarah's like, I mean, it's pointed at my leg. I mean, there's there's no way that it's that I'm pointing it over there. You can hear this conversation of all of us just talking about this light. And it's just, I mean, the three of us all saw it at different times. And you can hear the conversation of us coming back together like, oh, you're seeing this too. I thought it was just me. I also picked up some photographic evidence, if you will. Some good ones down there. Yeah. Whenever I first went down there, my first location or my first timeout session was in the um, in the basement. And I came down while my g- existing group was doing a dowsing rod and EMF, possibly an EVP session. I don't know. I came in late. I don't know what they were doing, but they had the dowsing <laughs> rods and they had an EMF meter. And I just started snapping pictures because I was trying to stay out of the way. The first picture that I took that night has this, I mean, this lady's just sitting in a chair using the rods and then down on the ground is the EMF meter and there's just this haze around, this white haze around her. And then coming from the EMF meter is this weird green light anomaly. I feel like you're underplaying this. When I saw this picture, I was like, <laughs> holy shit, I've never seen a picture like that, I mean, yeah. this anomaly that she's referring to extends for probably a foot. And it's like neon bright, neon green. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Whenever I took pictures into the crawl space, Ugh. one of them I feel like looks like flames are coming up from the ground. Mm-hmm. But there's another one you guys can describe. The, the shadow, shadow person. Yep. Oh, I don't know how we didn't see this before 
Um, but it it literally looks like somebody stood up and they have their hand on their hip. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was just when us three were down there. This yes. was a different time. So yes. we were just snapping hundreds of pictures over mm-hmm. and over, and most of them are nothing. Right. And this was something. Not and it's nothing. facing her, and he's taking up like the majority of the frame. Yeah. It is like legit one two feet in front of you. Right. That's how close it is. It is really close. We both saw it tonight. As soon as we pulled up that picture, we were both like, shadow person. How right. do you not see this? <laughs> right. Whoa. There, and there's no way that it could be me or Sarah because, I mean. We were sitting in a chair. I think most of the pictures that we caught mm-hmm. were down downstairs when it was just us three. Because I will say, everybody, when they broke off and wanted to do their own thing, like, people came and joined us when we were down there. Right. It changed the entire vibe down there it really did so in conclusion basically sally house is legit but um i think it kind of picks and chooses when it wants to be like most of the time it was just a house yes so sally house is legit the basement is messed up definitely all right anyhow i think that's it that concludes our sally episode Thanks so much for listening. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it and it really does help. Okay, bye.